0: Bangarang radio, bangarang radio, bang radio dot com.
1: In three, two, one.
2: Press play. let's get decadent. I'm going out, I gotta go. I'll bangarang on the radio, so turn it up telling you. I think I'm ready for something new. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. You're listening to Pop Punkin'
3: Pizza on Bangarang Radio.
4: Yo, yo, what is up? Another month has flown by and we're back here on Pop Punkin' Pizza. It is Jacques L'Amour. I hope You've been doing well, and the March Madness hasn't gotten to you. I know it's kind of gotten to us at our house. We had like a like a sick bomb, is what I called it, dropped at our house. And my son got the flu. His mom got the flu. And I didn't get the flu, but I got some kind of upper respiratory infection of some kind. And that was pretty bad. It was pretty gnarly. In fact, you can kind of hear it in my voice um, in today's interview. Actually, I still had that upper respiratory infection or bronchitis or or whatever it was actually going on uh, at the time of the interview. But I'm just glad I was actually able to get through it okay, (laughs) because I didn't want to have to uh, reschedule. So um, before we get to the show, I just want to give a huge shout out to anyone who came out to the St. Jimmy show last month in Chicago. St. Jimmy is a Green Day tribute band I play in in the Chicagoland area, and we had a show at HVAC Pub in the city, literally like Kitty Corner from Wrigley Field. It was so cool. Such a cool place. They have really, by the way, their pizza was amazing. If you're looking for some good pizza in Chicago, HVAC Pub has some really good pizza. So um, thank you everyone who came out to that. That was a blast. Um, we do have a show coming up in May and I don't have detail. Well, I've got details, I guess, but I'm not sure. It's not officially announced yet and I'm not sure why, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you anyway, (laughs) just because I want to promote it a little bit. But the next St. Jimmy Green Day Tribute show is going to be May 10th. It's going to be at Joe's Live in Rosemont, which is kind of funny because it's primarily a country music venue. Like, they mostly have country music there, but they do have tribute acts and things like that as well. Although, that's true, Plain White Tees and uh, Lucky Boy's Confusion just played there. A couple weeks ago. But anyway, so that's May 10th with St. Jimmy. And St. Jimmy is doing the whole Dookie record since Dookie turned uh, 25 years old this year. And then the cool thing is, we're going to be joined by a a Weezer tribute band and Blue, the Weezer album Blue. You probably know that, most everyone does, right? Um, That album turned 25 years old as well. And they're going to be playing that record in full. So it's going to be. A gangbuster of a show, and I'm really looking forward to that. So yeah, for now, May 10th, St. Jimmy Weezer tribute as well, St. Jimmy Green Day tribute, Weezer tribute. Um, Joe's live in Rosemont, Illinois. I'll uh, keep you up to date on our social media pages if you're interested in going to that. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Pop Punk Pizza Pod. Hopefully, I'll I'll have more details on that soon. And then St. Jimmy, actually, we have a Instagram and a Facebook page as well. You can hit us up there for when we actually announce the show. But let's get to today's podcast, today's feature. I was lucky enough to be able to talk to Jarrett Reddick of Bowling for Soup, but Jarrett is also involved in all kinds of other things, podcasts, other musical projects, and it was great to sit down and talk with him about All of these things. And actually, I didn't even get to talk to him about all of these things. There was only he had only so much time, of course, because he's a busy guy. And there's just so many things to talk about. You can only squeeze so much into, you know, like a 40, 45 minute interview. So we talk about the a little bit of the departure of Eric Chandler from Bowling for Soup and how Rob from Patent Pending has come in. And uh, has started to record in the studio with them. So we talk about that. Uh, We also talk about Jarrett and Kelly, which is his latest musical endeavor besides Bowling for Soup that features Kelly from the Dolly Rots. And then we talk about Bowling for Soup touring uh, in the U.S. versus touring other countries. And then we also talk about uh, some of his voiceover acting or how he's landed roles performing theme songs for TV shows and commercials. So... Uh, Those are just some of the things we touch on. I know we talk about some other things too, but that's what you can expect uh, this podcast, this episode. And throughout the episode, we're going to feature music from Never Better, Drew Neely and the Heroes, Deadbeat at Dawn, and The Backseat Pandas. So that's all happening on the show today. Let's get to it.
5: Cause she's still preoccupied with 19, 19, 1985.
4: You are involved in so many things. Uh, you got Bowling for Soup, Jarrett and Kelly, Jarrett Goes to the Movies, the podcast, another podcast, you got uh, Rockstar Dad Show, and the list goes on and on and on. So do you ever sleep?
3: <laughs> well, not a lot. Uh, when I do, it comes in doses uh yeah, I mean, man, I like to be busy, you know. And uh, you know, I get asked a lot, like, what are your hobbies outside of, you know, what you do? And I, I just don't really have any. I mean, really, what I like to do is create music and make people smile. And you know, I mean, I realize that sounds a little bit contrived, but it's the truth, man. I, I think I'd rather, you know, when I'm not with my with uh, with my kids or my wife, I'd rather just be, you know, making music and and doing something. So um, I like to stay busy for sure, you know, and, and it gets overwhelming at times. I mean, sometimes I'll list everything that I have coming up to my wife and, and she just has, she'll just she just be like, you got to stop. This is completely stressing me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, it's good <laughs> you have that, that someone in your life that can kind of be like, okay, you need to take a step back now.
3: <laughs> yeah. She's pretty good about, you know, like I'll, I, what's crazy about me is, the busier I, busier I get, the more fired up I get. So like when I'm coming home from tour, like especially that's a, that's a really good example. When I get home from tour, like I, a lot of people get home and they want to take a break and you know take a couple of days and chill and you know catch up on Netflix or whatever. And I come home just like completely like shot out of a cannon. Like I'm ready to go. And uh, I mean, it could be you know stuff like like band stuff or, or like i'm gonna redo the whole garage today and, you know oh stuff like gosh. that and so she, she does so she has to like tell me quite often like all right you're gonna need to just sit for a minute and and chill and uh so yeah it's nice to, it's nice to have her have her out some jokes.
4: so do you do you eventually have like a like a crash where you're just like okay i'm gonna like do nothing for like four days
3: that does happen, but here's what the deal is with that: it's, it's it's kind of the kiss of death. I um I tend to it's kind of like whenever you're out on tour, and the kiss of death for you is usually if you've had a really long few night and you say, "I'm going to take it easy tonight," like everybody will just go, "Uh oh," because that's going to be your biggest night of the tour. Like you're going to absolutely just wreck yourself, and so when I tell people, you know, whether it's the band that I manage, not your girlfriend's or or Kelly or whatever. My manager, like, hey, I'm gonna take tomorrow off. Like, they'll just be like, oh crap. Okay, I'll be up early <laughs> <laughs> My emails just start flying at seven o'clock in the morning, and I'm just I'm raring to go. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, every every once in a while, I have to just uh, I'll stop and catch my breath, and and uh, you know, but uh, like I said, that it kind of comes in waves.
4: Yeah, I don't think I've ever talked to anyone that's been on the road and tells me they come home and they're just like ready to just do stuff. Like everyone always tells me <laughs> that they're just like dead for at least a week, you know, if yeah. not longer. Yeah. They just don't want to do anything. They don't want to hear from anybody. They just nothing, you know.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, it's it's funny. It's, it's it's one of those things. Like I have a tour manager who literally literally locks himself in his bedroom uh, and uh, he lives with his brother uh, and he just doesn't come out for like a couple of days and so you know just you just I guess everybody deals with it differently.
4: Yeah (laughs) I guess so. Um, So another thing happy uh, happy belated birthday to you by the way.
3: Thank you. So yeah you're welcome. uh,
4: What uh, would you do for uh, your birthday?
3: Well, my uh, best friend, Linus, who's in Jorinus with me, another of my projects, uh, his birthday two days before mine, so he came into town from L.A. and we just had a, had a really fun week, Bowling for Soup. Uh, excuse me, Bowling for Soup was actually in the studio on my birthday. So we Oh, had nice. The drums, and then, um, but yeah, that Friday night we went and saw a uh, foreigner and a Def Leppard tribute band. Oh, and, man. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. We had a we had a really good time. We went karaoke afterwards. So uh, yeah, the next day was a little rough, day, but, uh, <laughs> but we had, we had a, we had
4: a good night out. Nice. What um, what was the were they tributes you've seen before? Because I know you're you're into both of those bands. Obviously, uh, I know you've talked about it on on different interviews and stuff. But um, on like a scale of like one to ten, were they decent or you know?
3: Definitely, yeah, they're both really good. The the foreigner one, like the Stinger, sounds exactly like them. And then the uh, the Def Leppard one, I I hadn't seen them before, but I know the a couple of the guys. Um, and uh, yeah, they were they were incredible and it's just like you know when you see those two bands it's like hit after hit even if you're not like in the foreigner or Death leopard you, you don't realize it but you know every single song they do yeah and so uh it was, uh, it was a lot of fun i mean you know when you get a band like that it's kind of one of those things where it it becomes i would i don't want to say background music but it's almost like you're at just like a party you know because it's, it's one of those things where you kind of close your eyes and it's like oh my god that sounds exactly like them so but yeah man they were they were both really really good
4: coming up jared talks about what it's like to be in the studio with rob felissetti the newest member of bowling for soup
3: 25 years in here we go and there's kind of this new crazy spark with us and um You know, it sounds really
4: cool That's all coming up on Pop Punkin' Pizza
0: What's up, this is Mike from Never Better You're listening to our single Shame on me for kissing you with my eyes closed so tight Off of our debut EP Transcend, available now The line. you
4: talked about being in the studio on your birthday and for bowling for soup right yep so if if I'm correct this is the first bowling for soup like recording that has Rob on it right from patent pending or
3: <laughs> it is yeah <laughs> in fact um he was just here this weekend and uh it was fun because this week uh Excuse me. I was recording his vocals this week at my house, um, after some shows and uh yeah, I mean it was really cool. It was like the first time he's seen Unbowling for soup stuff and you know, like me tracking him and, and sort of like I don't know, sort of the beginning of, of whatever this era is gonna be of DFS and um you know, twenty five years in, here we go and there's kind of this new crazy spark with us and um you know, it sounds really cool, you know? I mean Eric was always such a great singer and uh you know, that's I think he, everybody just loved his voice and I that's one of those things where you're just like, oh, gosh, man, we're gonna miss that. But Rob has stepped in and and he does his own thing and and it and it really it's it's really full it's cool, man, and it sounds great and man and I couldn't be more excited.
4: Yeah, I was just curious as to what the the dynamic is like having Rob in the studio. And not having Eric now. Like what's what the difference is and what's changed or things you've noticed or things you've felt, just what you're feeling at the time working with Rob instead of Eric.
3: You know, it's funny, it's it's not that this is a negative thing about Eric Chandler, because again, Eric was uh for sure yeah. Yeah. That's your money, okay? That's okay, you are fine. Eric was for sure musically the most talented guy in bowling pursuit, and um, you know, gosh, we did so many great things together in the studio. Was what it was, but I will say that you know, when something changes like this, uh, I think it could pro- usually could go one of two ways, um, and we've been fortunate in that that Rob is young and he's really excited, and he has brought this crazy energy to us that. Um, I wouldn't say, you know, that we were lacking energy. It's just the spark, you know, when you bring somebody that he's like a kid, he's so happy and he's up early and he's ready to go. So, you know, that is kind of what Rob has added throughout everything, um, touring and shows. And You know, I'll be doing a show somewhere and I'll make the set list. No, nah, man, let's not do that. Let's do this. And I've never had input on the set list. Ever, you know, wow. <laughs> like, it's so like I actually let him do that. You know, like I'll just, I actually run it by him now before the shows and I've never done that before. So, um, it's just nice. It's, it's, you know, he's super ignited and just really, really into it. And again, you know, I'll, I'll make it clear. It's, you know, it's not like we were miserable or anything before. It's just, he's new and happy and, uh, it definitely is, um, it's contagious. I mean, we, we do tend to sort of feel his vibe. So I think even live, uh, whereas our show's always been super energetic, there's a new energy there and, uh, definitely a really cool flow. And, uh, the fans that are seeing us these days have definitely noticed and and said stuff. So, um, yeah, man, just couldn't be more positive.
4: That's good. That's good to hear. Cause I know that it's hard to, keep things going after, you know, 25 years I would imagine and and having someone who's probably been a fan of your band for so long. And yeah, the, he's got to be what? At least is he 10 years younger than you guys? Is he that much younger? Yeah, I mean
3: more than 10 years. I was going to say it's got to be crit.
4: it's got to be 15 maybe or more.
3: Yeah, he he's young and uh I mean to us he's he's really young. So, you know, get, the thing about Age is weird because <laughs> Gary's 10 years younger than Chris. So oh. we've always had that like dynamic of, you know, there being a young guy in the band, but you know, as you get old, I always say this, like you can only be half someone's age once and then you're just catching up. Yeah. And so as you get older, you know, the age thing really don't even think about it anymore. You know, like I don't even think about Gary as being a young kid uh, even though he just turned 40, you know. Um but now him being 40, it's like, uh-oh, dude, you're catching up with the rest of us. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh yeah, so um yeah, it's uh it's 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 nice. Yeah, but yes, and I, I think that I think him being younger and you know, he, his hangovers are less bad. Um <laughs> you know.
4: <laughs> So so you're like someone hands you a shot and you're just like, you know what, why don't you have this, Rob? I'm good.
3: Oh one yeah, one hundred percent. Well, you know, I'm learning my lesson on him, uh, on Rob especially because you know, we we're famous for obviously for we can we can drink and yeah. um you know, he he's from a band that really doesn't drink that much, um, and especially like before I show. So I have to be careful with him a little bit because he uh he will be worthless the next day if right. you uh, if he if you get him too crazy
4: because he's not used to it.
3: <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. trained.
4: I can't imagine what that must be like. It's like night and day, you know, being in in uh, patent pending. Who, yeah, I I can't imagine them being like super hardcore drinkers either. And then <laughs> yeah. stepping then stepping into bowling for soup because obviously both bands are similar, but patent pending definitely has their own style on its own and it definitely doesn't present the hey we're going to get blasted every single night
3: yeah for sure i mean it's interesting they're like they're just such a different band. i mean they're you know as far i mean like when you see us on stage you probably don't realize that but like you know they're very particular as far as like what they wear all the time and you know they're very much like super super serious about things like that and whereas Rob, Rob will be, he still asks like all the time "How is this okay for tonight I'm like I don't care what you wear like I, I really don't care like wear a chicken outfit it does not matter to me
4: yeah quit asking me <laughs> Just yeah. shut up Where's, <laughs> wear something wear some clothes wear, wear a dress for all right. I care 100%. Yeah. 100% yeah. That's good. So what's something then with uh, Rob being in the band, what's something you've, you guys have learned from him besides, you know, you're talking about this spark and this new energy. What's something else that he's brought to the table or, or what type of direction do you see this heading now that with this new spark?
3: Well, you know, I, it's just, again, I think the set list thing is a pretty interesting thing. Um, you know, he wants to be involved in, in writing some songs. And of course, You know, I'm 25 years in I've kind of got the way that I do things And though I, anybody's always Had an open invitation You want to bring something in, bring it Kind of thing And he wants To take advantage of that And so, you know, and again He doesn't let us get comfortable You know, we'll we'll be coming up on a tour And he's like, let's work up these songs And we're like, we've never even played those He's like, let's work them up, you know, kind of thing And so, you know, it's just about like keeping us super engaged and keeping it fun and and uh, he's managing to do that and um you know, it's it's really cool. I mean, it it really is nice. It's he's he's it's he's a he's a treat and he's always happy and so that, that never hurts.
4: No, definitely not. And it'll give you guys that new edge that you probably need and and uh maybe we're even looking for, honestly.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you never know. I mean, everything kind of happens for a reason. So, yeah, there you go. Here we go again.
5: Cause <laughs> we're on our perfect life. I'll be your ride or die.
4: In a few minutes, we'll learn about how Jared's newest musical project, Jared and Kelly, came to be.
3: Well, we sat down to write an album together, and it was—it was really just going to be like a duets record between me as myself and her as herself. And then I think it was like the second trip. You know, we were just kind of both like, you know, this is a thing. Like, this is a new band.
4: The full story coming up on Pop Punk and Pizza. Hey, this is Tony from Drew Neely and the Heroes. You're about to hear a song off of our new EP entitled, This Could Be You, Volume 1. The song is called Fallen Star. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, Bandcamp, all those other streaming sites. Find us on Instagram and Facebook and uh, send us a tweet, whatever that means. And, uh, and
2: I love it. That is amazing. Super amazing. In your Toyota Corolla. I don't understand what you're talking about. I gave to you all my days. I even poured it in sideways. And you don't understand why I say you kicked me out. Because here in my delusion, I might as well be talking about nuclear fusion.
4: So tomorrow, uh, is the big day for Jarrett and Kelly's, uh, s- or debut, I guess debut, right? Yeah. Debut, uh, album to drop tomorrow. It
3: is. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. You know, it, like, it's funny how things like that happen. You work on something for so long and then it, you know, it seems so far away. And then the next thing you know, you're like, <laughs> Oh man, that snuck up on me. I mean, cause she's out there on tour and I just got back home from tour and, And I'm, you know, here just doing dad stuff and and uh, you know, working on bowling for soup things and and Jerry Kelly and just just going about my days as I do. And uh we were texting yesterday and she's just actually we were on the phone, I guess, and she's just like, So our album comes out in two days. I'm like, Holy crap, you're right. So (laughs) and I'm excited. I I think a lot of fans have already heard it because we did a really big pre-sale and there's um you know, there's obviously ways for it to be out there, but uh I'm excited for the world to have it and um really just couldn't be more more stoked about something that we created over a couple of years and um seems to have some wheels and seems like something that we'll keep doing.
4: So when you guys first started working on this, was it a plan to kind of create a new group or a new project, or was it just like, let's see let's write some songs together and see like if this is going to be like a Dolly Rod song or a Bowling for Soup song, or what was the original intention?
3: Well, we sat down to write an album together, and it it was really just going to be like a duets record between me as myself and her as herself. And then I think it was like the second trip, you know, we were just kind of both like, you know, this is a thing. Like, this is a new band, and so let's start treating it like that you know and so i have even kind of stopped doing the it's a duets record and started saying you know it's our debut album and you know things like that because i'm uh I, you know i'm excited about it i really am and and you know i've 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 uh i've read some great things about about it and read some things where people are like you know is this just something that they're doing for a few months and blah 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 but You know, I'd like to see us keep going and and do more things and and explore some different kinds of music and and just, you know, because the the cool thing about a project like this is there's no expectations, there's no rules. And so, um, I mean, we could do, you know, there's a couple of country-leaning songs on this record and I was, you know, we could write a country record, we could write a kid's record, we could do anything we want. And um, so... It'll be interesting to see what we do next, for sure.
4: Yeah, I I was going to comment on the you know the country part because I, I haven't heard the whole thing yet. I've just heard the the two singles that you put out, and of course the first one, "Here We Go," has that you know pop rock punk influence going on, and then doing all right though is got that twang that uh, country um, more more obviously not current modern country sound, but more on the the traditional country sound, and i uh I mean and I guess in bowling for soup, you guys have had some of that in your songs as well, so I guess it wasn't too surprising to hear, but this was kind of like on a completely different level, bringing in Kelly uh into the mix on this, yeah, and I really, really liked that, and of course, you can't help but think of like Johnny and June cash like when you hear yeah. something like that yeah. um. So yeah. it also made me wonder, since the two songs you've released so far are kind of they have their own style to them, if there's what else is on this record? Is there like some I would love to hear like a metal or like grindcore version of Jarrett and <laughs> Kelly. I think that'd be so cool. Like I just kept thinking, like, what if this whole duet album is just like every song is like a different genre? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, originally that was kind of the plan was like, let's be all over the place. But like I said, like we kind of found a groove and they kind of all fit together uh, in a weird kind of way. So
5: um,
3: there are definitely some, a lot of different things. I mean, there's those ones that kind of sound like the Dolly Rots and there's those ones that kind of sound like rolling your soup and you can sort of just tell that it's us. And then there's that, like you said, there's the country leaning things. And then there's some more electronic songs and just some wacky stuff and, um, and then just some full on just ballads. And so, uh, you know, I think it's a great mix. And again, it was, it was pretty simple. We, like we wrote 20 something songs and these are the ones that, that fit together, obviously. So, um, it became the album and, um, yeah, super again, I, I can't wait for people to hear it. I mean, and, and, uh, and, and especially people like you who have, you know, have a history with both of our bands and, and know, you'll kind of feel where it's coming from and, and that's a good.
4: Yeah. I can't wait to hear the whole thing tomorrow. So I did not uh, do the pre-order like most people did. So I did, uh, I didn't miss, <laughs> did miss out on that, but I am uh, looking forward to tomorrow for sure. And, and hearing the whole thing and, and uh I would love to hear honestly some more songs like Doing It All Right. I really liked that song. So it was yeah.
3: well there there are there are a couple more, so uh I think you'll be I think you'll be happy.
4: Okay, cool. Um so are there any I know that uh Kelly came out with you on the the Heartache and Hilarity tour in the UK. Um but is there like any future Jarrett and Kelly tours like planned in the US or honestly anywhere? For to to help promote this yeah, I album,
3: think, I think that will happen for sure. I, uh, I I as when I took them out, one of the things was you know, my gosh, you know, this is just, these songs are great and they're going over well, and, and our banter and our just our our stage presence together was something that you know it, it just was it was just good, and so um, yeah, we, I was. I, I think that, that it, it would be crazy for us not to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that we're, we're definitely leaning towards, you know, they have a new album coming out and, uh, you know, Bowling for Soup will be on this 25th anniversary thing for a while. Um, so, you know, probably looking at it next year, but I think, you know, that's, that's our plan is to start, start considering that and, and start kind of putting together ideas and how we can make it happen.
4: Yeah, I know it's so hard because there's so many things going on at the same time between your other existing bands, and then you throw everything else into the mix with the family and all that. And I can't imagine what yeah. it, what it's like to try and schedule these things.
3: Yeah, it's definitely crazy, and especially when you know she's got you know she has two little kids, uh, and I have a I have a six year old and. You know, I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm a divorced dad of two that I, I see every other week. And hmm. so, um, you know, I still have to do custody, so I try not to be gone during that time, too. So, yeah, it's a scheduling nightmare, but, you know, once it comes together and you're out there, it's it's always worth it.
4: Oh, yeah, definitely. It's always worth it after all that, that hard work and pays off in the end. So, um, speaking of dates, though... Your Bowling for Soup is headed out with a real big fish on two legs, um, June 19th through the 28th, and then July 21st through the 26th. And you guys are playing the, that's right, you're playing the 25th anniversary of Warp Tour as well, right?
3: We are, yeah. Okay,
4: so there's a lot to look forward to there, and, and that's, that's the first time Bowling for Soup has done a tour in the U.S. in a while, I feel like.
3: Um, well, you know, we do, we we did work tour. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess it's been a as, year as far a as year.
4: Yeah, as as far as yeah. being on your own, yeah, and not a part yeah, of like work tour. It's been a
3: bit. Yeah, it's been a bit. I'm, I, we're definitely looking. for... I mean, we're always playing, but like a tour, tour, it has been a bit. So, um, you know, uh, I, I'm I'm really excited about it just because the the shows we've been doing lately in the U.S. have been so. great. Um, like I, I feel like it's just one of those things where the timing is really good. And we've been talking about doing this with real big fish for so long. So, um, you know, I, I can't imagine that it's not going to be, you know, probably the best tour ever. Can't, I, I think it's going to be great.
4: It w- I would love to hear some horns <laughs> on some Bowling for Soup songs. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, it happens. Uh, they come out and play 1985. And so I think we'll definitely plan to do some more of that kind of thing. Nice. Um, as we, as we get into this whole deal You just never
4: know Next, Bowling for Soup Touring the U.S. versus touring other countries
3: You can actually get press that That is nationwide there um, Just by going and touring And we just don't have that in the United States, it's just not a
4: thing. The major differences between the two coming up on Pop Punk and Pizza. So I feel like it's been a while since we've featured music beyond the United States soil. And this song comes from a ska punk band. And you know me, I'm a sucker for a good ska punk band. Actually, in the UK, they're called Deadbeat at Dawn. They sent me this single called Pushin' and Poison, and I really, really liked it. There's a great music video to go along with it as well if you want to look for that on YouTube. So to promote the video, apparently both vocalists, uh, they faked their own kidnapping, and they dropped clues leading up to the whereabouts of them, which concludes nicely in the video. So I thought that was different and entertaining. So if you like what you hear, you can actually download this today at deadbeatatdawn.bandcamp.com. Again, the song, Pushing Poison. Thanks for sending this in, guys.
1: The pushing poison into my brain TV, fashion, and it's sickening in what controls they lives. But only just obey, consume. In the news we trust, the economy is failing and the slowing going bust. The banks get bail kudos to the boss. They get the bonus while we break our backs. They beat us down and we can't fight back. Fight back. We're getting sick, we're getting slow, we're getting old. We're getting poisoned right down to the soul. We're getting sick, we're getting slow, we're getting old. We're getting poisoned right down to the soul. Fight back. They're pushing poison down on us In the air, in the water, in the food now They're pushing poison down on us This seeing everything that you can't see now
4: Something I'm always curious to know about, I I see bands like Bowling for Soup and all kinds of, I mean, pretty much any other band that's from the U.S., they seem to have such big followings in other countries, and it seems like they're more prominent than the U.S., and I guess I'm always fascinated by that, and I I want to know, like, your opinion on, on why do you think that is? Like, to me, I could be wrong about this, but just from my perspective, it seems like Bowling for Soup seems more popular in, like, We'll say like the UK. I could be wrong about that.
3: It's it's about it's about half and half. I mean, the thing about the UK is is that it's it's a it's smaller geographically, so it's easier to go over there and do a tour and cover the whole um, cover the whole United Kingdom. Um, the other thing is they have national press that actually covers touring artists. Um, which we don't have that. So Kerrang! Magazine is a weekly magazine. Rock Sound, I believe, is, uh, I, I think Rock Sound might be every month, but still those those publications and others and television stations and things like that are actually out there covering stuff. So you can actually get press that that is nationwide there um, just by going and touring, and we just don't have that in the united states it's just not a thing um so we have awesome publications in the uk and the us obviously but you know it's it's just a it's a i think it's a bigger pool and i think it's you know it's one of those things where we're just so spread out you know people people in portland oregon don't really give a shit what's going on in portland Maine. you know yeah and um (laughs) Uh, so the, it's just a, it's a, it's a bigger situation over here. So, you know, we, we definitely go to the UK more. It seems like I think to people, because it takes us a while So you know, if we go to the UK, let's say once a year or once every two years, um, it usually takes us three or four years to get back to Florida, you know, cause it takes a while to cover the country. Yeah. You know? So uh, I think it's it, perception is, is definitely, I mean, and, and, and the other thing is like our shows are bigger than UK, but we play less shows, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, again, it's just more spread out. So yeah. whereas like this real big fish thing will be, I think it's, it's almost four weeks total for the summer. And, you know, we'll probably do about the same amount of people that we would have done in two weeks in the UK because right. it's just more more condensed and heavily populated in smaller areas. So, um, you know, every city you play there is a major city.
4: True. Yeah, that is something to put into perspective. I guess it's just something I've <laughs> I've thought about, and it just always seems. Like, and it's not necessarily just like the UK, but um, I always see bands do so well in Japan too, which. Kind of just, yeah. kinda just yeah. blows an average person's mind from the U.S. here because they're, you know, I guess it's once again you're bringing up the perspective of how, let's say, Bowling for Soup is playing and, you know, let's say it's a 600, 700 cap room, but then you go to Japan and you're going to play for like 2,000 people or 1,000 people or, right. or, you know, whatever it is, and it's just... It's like, whoa, <laughs> and everyone goes crazy. But I guess it's, it's like I didn't, uh, I didn't think about the, uh, the publications part, too.
3: Yeah, it's like that in Japan as well. And also national radio, which isn't a thing here. You know, I mean, obviously, you've got internet radio here and things like that. But over in those countries, they have national radio stations that, like, you get one play on Radio 1 over there and, like, people lose their minds. Like, that's just like a it's, – it's just an instant – hit, you know, I yeah. mean, it's, it's crazy. So, um, you know, they're just different and they're different music cultures as well. They react to things differently. And, you know, I mean, playing in front of 2000 people is different here than it is in the UK. And it's different in, the, in Japan. And it's different in Germany. And, you know, it's just, you know, crowds are different everywhere, but, I guess the main thing that kind of just wraps that that just seals it all together is is is, you know just being able to play music in front of people and and the one thing that we that we always get is the is the smiles and you know that's what they're what we're there for.
4: What what's a country that you guys and this could be on your first tour or any honestly any tour um, where you thought for sure like let's say just for example like Germany before you played Germany you thought oh this show is just going to bomb it's going to suck nobody's going to care and then you were just blown away like what country was was the one that surprised you the most as far as reception
3: um i think most uh, it's probably been one of the more recent ones which was south africa I mean, that
4: that would be you, mind blowing.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were, we, it was a leap of faith. It was this promoter that was like, I know you guys are going to do well over here. You know, like we're going to get the sponsorship money and at least get you here. We at least try it. And we're just like, you know what? It'll be, let's just do it. This guy's worked really hard to make this happen. And you know, why not? And we showed up and it was great. You know, first show was completely sold out and rammed to the, just, I mean, crazy. And, uh, It just got better from there. So that was definitely, you know, one of those ones where, again, you just you I'm walking by people and they're like, and I'm just like, whoa, this is crazy. You know I mean? Uh, So it's cool that that can still happen. You know, you can go to a new place and and people are are aware of it and and know you and know your stuff. And uh, that never gets old, that's for sure.
4: Yeah, and you're still obviously taking risks, you know, well into 25 years of Bowling for Soup, you know
3: absolutely because that
4: that that was a big risk honestly i mean going all the way to south africa it could have definitely went south
3: yeah and you know it's hard it's like it's hard enough for us to cover the countries that we've already established you know and Mm -hmm. so you're right we don't really go to new territory much like we know for sure if we went to brazil like we would have fans at the shows. We know that. We know that if we went to Indonesia, it'd be the same thing. We know that, you know, there's are just areas where we know for, for for sure that there's fans. But what do we give up to go explore that and to try to develop that? You know, do we not go to the UK, which is, you know, that's pretty, you know, the the US and the UK kind of, not kind of, but are what pay our bills. You know, that's that's where our career has been and is. And do we give up more family time? Do we, you know what? What? What's the? At what cost do you throw the dice? And so you're right. It's it's a the the South Africa thing was a bit of a leap, and um, I'm really glad we did it. Did it, and I'd do it again. You know. Um, and then you know, there's some countries where we know that we do well, and we we have a hard enough time getting there, which is uh, Japan, Australia. You know, which it's, it's you know, we we don't go there enough. Yeah. So it's just a matter of time, you know, just making sure that, that we uh or not making sure, but just trying to find the time.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another big especially now that you're not touring as much as you were and because and, uh, right. everyone's busy and you don't want to burn yourselves out and
3: Absolutely we can Win a sweet prize
5: Everybody say Jesus Everybody say Jesus Jesus, where a kid can
3: be a kid.
4: Coming up in the last part of my interview with Jared Reddick, I asked him how he landed the roles to perform the theme songs for Phineas and Ferb and the Chuck E. Cheese commercial.
3: I did improv comedy here, and the guy who got the advertising account when they were changing the mouse saw me do improv and knew that I could sing and knew that I had flexibility with my voice and liked the way that my voice sounded.
4: The full story coming up on Pop Punk and Pizza. This is
1: Eddie. And this is Jesse. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Pop Punk and Pizza. And this is our new song If You Ain't First, You're Last.
4: Something I've always wondered about you, Jarrett, since you you dive into so many other things, and one of them is I feel like it's pretty well known that you've done, uh, well, and not just you, but I guess the band included, has written songs for you know TV shows and and things like that, and you've done voiceover work for commercials. Um, how does can you like pull the curtain back on how? the voiceover world works and the voice acting, how does that all work? How do these gigs work?
3: I mean, I get asked that a lot and I don't really know. I mean, my, my stuff, cause I tried to get into the world. I got an agent and I did, went on all these auditions. I tried, 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 and I got a couple of things here and there, but like, I never got myself like as immersed in the world as it seems. I just have great gigs mm-hmm. where I, have been successful. So Chuck E. Cheese I got because I did improv comedy here and the guy who got the advertising account when they were changing the mouse saw me do improv and knew that I could sing and knew that I had flexibility with my voice and liked the way that my voice sounded. Um, And, you know, I got, I just got that job, you know, and then backing up to Phineas and Ferb, I got that audition when I went in to uh, meet with him about doing the theme song. I got an audition for for the show so, you know, it, it's just, it, then, but trying to immerse yourself in that world is really, really difficult because it's, you're up against heavy hitters, you know, like I, I found myself like reading for parts and it's like you read for, now the A-listers are, it, it, voice, voice acting is kind of like the final frontier. It's like where these, these like heavy hitters are, you know, they're not, you really, unless you're like in the top 10% of actors. Mm-hmm. you know movies aren't paying what they used to because you're doing all of these movies just to do some great acting for Netflix or Amazon or whatever and the budgets are different and you're doing a, they're doing so many because of the capabilities of what they can do they're doing so many you know independent films and things like that so i see people getting into voice acting which used to be a little bit you know sort of frowned upon so, yeah, I'm, like, reading against Charlie Day. All You know, oh, I, I like, every time I, I was, you know, like, and it's like, how am I going to beat out Charlie Day? You know, like, he, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Like, he, I have flexibility, but that guy's got flexibility. You know, he's, like, trained to do it. I'm like this pop punk singer from Wichita Falls, Texas, you know, that, like, I took acting in school and I was going to go to college for it. Like, this dude does it, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, once I start to... I like, dude, that's who I'm trying to beat out. I'm like, I, I just kind of stopped and I immerse, re-immersed myself <laughs> in the musical aspect of things. And that's sort of where I am. I mean, that sort of loops us back around to this interview in that, why we're talking about so much music and podcasting and things, because I'm doing things that I know, you know, and I'm doing things that, um, I, do I think I'd be a wonderful voice actor? I do. I, I think that I would be amazing. And I think um, if I would have started five years earlier, I think I probably would have gotten some really big deals and you know, it'd be awesome, but it's just the waters are, are saturated now and you're, you're up against people that you're not going to beat. just like, you know, it's doubtful that those same people that I'm reading up against now, you know, would, would write the theme song for Phineas and Ferb, if that makes sense. yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, so well, that's where I'm at. You know, I. um, But yeah, I, I don't. So there's no secret. And and I got asked that so much.
4: I'm sure. Yeah. When
3: you know, once I got into it, people are like, "Man, how do I get into that? I think I'd be a great voice actor." And I'm just <laughs> like, "Yeah, you tell me." If it's almost like, it's it's not. No, it's not almost like. It is like. Yeah. When i ask, like, "How do I make it?" And you're like, mm-hmm. "Well, first of all, define make it." yeah cause,
4: exactly because i'm you know, still to me because i'm still trying to make it dude <laughs> right
3: yeah like what is what does it make it mean yeah like what i still have to work every single day people think because 1985 was and girl the bad guys want and all these that i have all these hits that i'm rich and i don't have to work anymore well they need to remember when I had my hits. Yeah, you know I, we didn't make money. But we didn't sell records like they did in the in the late '90s, early 2000s. You know, so I don't have Blink 182 money. I have to get up and work. You mm-hmm. know, so did I make it? I sure did. I get to. I, I made it because I get to do this for a living, and people care about what I do. So that's what I tell people all the time. It's like, what? Are, what, what? What is your idea of making it? playing on the weekends? you know, writing some cool songs, recording in a cool studio, you know, uh, making some cool videos, you know, it's, there's just, but there's no real way to tell somebody how to become you too. you know? Yeah. Because that's not ever going to happen again.
4: No. It's just not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's, there's no like right or wrong way. There's no roadmap. Like everyone's got their <clears throat> own way. They get into things just like how you got into those, those couple, you know, voice acting gigs and, and things like that.
3: Yeah. I mean, think about it like, like Justin Bieber getting found on the internet by Usher, you know, like the, you know, dude, that guy, good for him. I mean, that's amazing. That was his course, but Mm -hmm. you know, you can't go out there and expect Usher to find your video. Like that's (laughs) you've got to keep, you've got to bust your ass and do the things you know can work. And you know, that's, uh, that's what I do every day. And, you know, I, uh, I try to create things that people will like. And, uh, I definitely am very selfish in creating things that I like myself and, uh, you know, just keep rocking.
4: That's well said, man. I mean, at the end of the day, you're the one that has to play those songs over and over again. So you better write write something that you enjoy. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, do you have time for some fan questions?
3: Yeah, I got a little bit of time. Uh, okay. Can we do like five more minutes? Is that all right? I just yes. got to get my kid to karate. <laughs> oh,
4: karate. Yes. I don't want to make you miss <laughs> karate time. Um, I will... Yeah, so you,
3: <clears throat> and you can print that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, okay. We'll just do like maybe one then because I don't want to take all of your time uh, if you've only got five minutes. So, um, okay. So if let's see if you couldn't if you hadn't become i guess we kind of oh, we kind of touched on that one all right how about um there's a guy named don he's talking about are there other artists you've worked with um or other artists you like that you would like to work with who would that be and i know in a previous interview um with pop punk dad you talked about billy joe armstrong of green day um, but I wasn't sure if there yeah. was anyone else besides that. Or I guess we could go a step further, and let's say you and Billy were going to collaborate. What What do you think it would be?
3: Well, first of all, the other guy that I would love to collaborate with would be Frank Turner. I mean, Frank Turner's my favorite artist right now. Um, but I, I will stand behind the fact that I would love to work with Billy Joe because I just, I just think everything he does is great. I think... Yeah, you know, I love this new thing he's doing called the Long Shot. I think it's so yes. good and just like I love it. You know, and all of it, all of it has a distinguishing uh, thing that sets it aside from Green Day. Whereas, like, I, I, I'm certain that there's probably critics out there that are going, "This just sounds like Green Day," but to me, it doesn't. It, no. It's got mm-hmm. its own thing, and I understand why they're not Green Day songs. Like, I totally get it. Um, so, you know, I still think working with him would be amazing, and I think we could come up with something that'd be really cool because he doesn't like he doesn't do a bunch of harmonies and stuff in his in his music and like i think it'd be super cool if like me and him did like a like a dual singer type thing like a you know like a beatles or like a you know like a thing where, where we're both singing all the time and 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 I, I just think that would be amazing that was that would be what i would want to create there's a lot of back and forth and crossing vocals and things like that where um and just super energetic and fun. I think that'd be I think it'd be dope.
4: I would pay money to hear that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I totally would. So cuz I mean I'm a huge Green Day fan. I love Bowling for Soup. It's, you know.
3: Yeah. It's made in Thank you.
4: It it would be it would be an interesting collaboration. I think it would be good. So. For sure.
3: Absolutely.
4: Well, I don't want to keep you from karate time, because that's very important. So,
3: <laughs> Well, I appreciate that, man. Well, dude, you know, I appreciate the talk, and questions were awesome. Thank you so much, man.
4: No, thank you. Um, look. I know. And
3: uh, look forward to seeing you out on the uh, out on the Real Big Fish Tour.
4: Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely be at that one, for sure.
3: <laughs> Sounds good, man. Well, thank you dude, so much, Jared. again for the interview.
4: No, thank you, and right, uh, I'll uh, talk to you soon. Sounds good. All, right, All right, Bye-bye. Bye thanks again to jared reddick of bowling for soup jared and kelly jared goes to the movies rockstar dad show all that stuff and so much more that he's involved in i highly suggest checking out his podcast we didn't actually talk about that too much but He's got Jarrett Goes to the Movies, and then he also has The Rockstar Dad Show, which is on Adobe Radio, by the way. Um, I love Adobe Radio. If you've never checked it out before, you really should. But um, super grateful for his time. Hope the karate lessons went well. That's something I always wanted to do, um, but my I don't think my mom would let me. I think is what it was. Another weird thing, too. This is random. My mom would let us watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but she wouldn't let us watch Transformers. Or not Transformers, um, uh, Power Rangers. That's what it was. Weird, right? Because they're both kind of violent. But I guess in her eyes, Power Rangers was more violent. I don't know. Anyway, so the next show... That is coming up. I actually have a bonus episode coming up for you because Pop Punk and Pizza is only doing new episodes once a month, but once in a while, I'll throw in a bonus episode. So there actually is one of those coming up with my good friend, Andy Palmer, and that's going to be coming out next week, actually, the first week of April here. But our actual feature episode of the month will be coming out the very last Tuesday of April, which is... Tuesday, April 30th, that is when our next feature episode will come out, and that will be, we're going to change things up a little bit. That will be with the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. I've talked about previously on the show how I met them and how I got to spend three weeks on the road with them, not as a performer or actually working with them, but I was running merch for another band that was on the tour with them for three weeks. And it was the winter of 2013. It was in February. So I was able to get a hold of their PR. Um, By the way, thank you once again to Mike from Earshot Media. Such a nice guy. He's the one who was able to set this interview up for me with Red Jumpsuit. So that's going to be next month. So if if you happen to have any questions you want me to ask Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, by all means, hit hit me up on social media, Pop Punk Pizza Pod for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My uh, personal Twitter is On Air with JL. And of course, there's the Bangerang Radio, Facebook, and uh, Twitter is at Bangerang Radio. Or you can even email me too at bangerangradio at gmail.com if you have any questions for the red jumpsuit apparatus, and I'll be sure to tell them. The actual interview is going to take place on April 15th. So if you hit me up before then with your questions, I'll uh do by do my best to ask them. I actually had a bunch of fan questions for Jarrett today, but we just didn't have enough time, unfortunately. So and and that happens sometimes. So get those questions into me if you have them for red jumpsuit and uh hopefully I'll be able to ask them. And last not last but not least before we go, if you're in a band, you want your music played on the show, or maybe we can possibly set up an interview sometime down the line hit me up at bangerangradio at gmail.com with links to your music, your press pages, your EPKs, just as much information about your band as possible, and I'll see if it's something that I can play on the show sometime uh, in the future, or, like I said, maybe we can actually chat on the show. So that's it. Thank you so much once again for listening to this podcast. I've been getting so much great feedback. And speaking of feedback, make sure... That after you listen to this podcast, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Give us a rating. Give us a review. All that stuff actually really helps out and people finding our podcast. So please give us a a, a good review if you can, if you like us, that is, and uh, give us a good rating. I really, really appreciate that. I hope all of you are having a great spring so far. I know I'm so excited that there's been sunnier days and longer days. It just feels so good. So that seasonal depression will hopefully start melting away. And it actually already has started to melt away a little bit for me. So I hope you're feeling the same same way. And I will chat with you guys in April.
2: Hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza.